Hey, we're going to conclude a two-week series today, but before we do, I have to say thank you, thank you, thank you to all that participated in the Big Give. It was unreal, amazing, uh, incredible to to see, and uh, really it's a great illustration of exactly what we're going to talk about today, Um, not just the investment you made last Sunday and uh, leading up to it or just after it, we actually brought in $6,456 through the offering last Sunday alone for the Big Give. Crazy. Uh, That just blew my mind way beyond, above and beyond what we had dreamt of. But that's not all. Uh, uh, You know, the reality of that is you fed 269 people with that like just out of open life in that that represents over a thousand people that are going to enjoy a Thanksgiving meal right there um, out of your generosity. That, that is pretty amazing. But you also invested your time and came out and, and served the community where it was most needed, where it hurt. And that is your presence in community makes such a huge impact that uh, it's mind-blowing. So the community kicked in as well, obviously. Man, when you look at uh, this year, community big give, we had a record engagement from the community as far as like just people donating a meal or two meals or four meals worth online uh, or even just giving us cash in line, volunteers saying, hey, we want to support this, we want to support this unbelievable, uh, again, above and beyond what we projected. 22 different organizations or churches partnered with the Community Big Give to make it happen. It definitely uh, is way beyond just an open life idea, right? And it was cool to see that. We had 726 families show up to redeem the vouchers that we had handed out, and uh, uh, that's a a phenomenal thing uh, because that represents like over 3,000 people that will sit around a table and enjoy the community that Thanksgiving has to offer because of your generosity. That's an amazing thought. We had um, 300, let's see, where is it? 342 volunteers serve over 1,000 hours of community service just yesterday morning. Is that wild to think? Uh, That is like when you add up all that went into Uh, being generous. It's amazing, but the story doesn't end there. So we did have meals left in both Bonnie Lake and Sumner at the end. It was interesting because I was even having conversations with some people when we were standing there and there was no one left in line, but yet there's still food on pallets. You know, you have that mixed emotion right there. You're like, what do I do with this? Like, I'm excited we fed everyone who showed up with their voucher, but there's still food. And so you have this, this moment, right, that you're just like, what do, I, what do I do? But then it's that very moment that you realize, man, these leftovers are going to serve a purpose. Everything that was left, we put on trucks that go back to food banks. And, and so whether in Sumner or Bonnie Lake, those meals will go right back into those who are coming through their doors regularly week after week that need food. There'll be people who show up that couldn't make it to that window of time of Big Give and requesting a, a meal there at the food bank. And so uh, it's exciting to be able to provide that. But not just that. In Sumner, they do a massive community feed for Christmas in just a couple of weeks. 
the student leadership leads it from Sumner High School, they're going to be able to use that, that food that was left over as the foundation donated from the, uh, the Big Give for that meal that they're going to serve to hundreds in the community. I think last year they had over 900 people show up for it. So like that generosity that just, it's like it multiplies. So we can't look down on the leftovers, right? Like if anything, man, we have an opportunity to repurpose that. How awesome, how satisfying, right? And we see the same thing happening in the text. If you were here last week, we're going to add one passage to what we read last week. But we're in John 6, and we're going to read uh, verse 5 through 14. John recorded this moment in Jesus' life. He says, Jesus soon saw a huge crowd of people coming to look for him. Turning to Philip, he asked, where can we buy bread to feed all these people? He was testing Philip. He already knew what he was going to do. He already knew what he was going to do. Verse 7, Philip replied, even if we worked for months, we wouldn't have enough money to feed them. Then Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. There's a young boy, right? However he said this, I have no idea. Uh, yeah, guys, about that food thing, right? How, how did this come out? I wish I was there. He said, there's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish, but... What good is that with this huge crowd? Verse 10, Jesus says, tell everyone to sit down. So they all sat down on the grassy slopes. The men alone numbered about 5,000. Then Jesus took the loaves and gave thanks to God and distributed them to the people. Afterward, he did the same with the fish. And they all ate as much as they wanted. I mean, this is O-C-B. Old country buffet at its best, right? They are just like, I'll have another serving, please. Barley loaf, fish, hit me, right? And so they ate as much as they wanted. After everyone was full, Jesus told his disciples, now gather the leftovers so that nothing is wasted. So they picked up the pieces, filled 12 baskets with scraps left by the people who had eaten from the five barley loaves. When the people saw him do this miraculous sign, they exclaimed, surely he is the prophet we have been expecting. Wow. We looked last week at this and and really focused on the reality that God has a plan already in place. He's already got in mind what he's going to do. Don't worry. He's got it. Let's put our faith out there because this little boy put his faith out there. He was willing. He was a willing child. He risked his lunch for a crowd of 15 to 20,000 people. Amazing. I love it. And Jesus gives them an opportunity to put their faith on the line. He's like, hey, guys, I know people are hungry. What are we going to do about it? And he gives them a chance to risk faith for the sake of this miracle being witnessed and people knowing this is Jesus, this is the Son of God, this is the one we've been waiting for. We have one disciple that's courageous enough to verbalize, hey guys, yeah, we're sitting here brainstorming, but what about the boy? He's got some loaves and some fish. He steps it up. The miracle takes place. 
And not just the miracle of the feeding, the miracle of the leftovers. Twelve baskets full, more than they began with, yet everybody was stuffed. They ate all they wanted. They were satisfied. To pick up the loaves, to pick up the scraps that were left, it, the historians and the different things I was reading for this, those scraps had to be bigger than the size of a quarter. And it was actually a, a Jewish tradition law, if you would, that they would not waste food. It's a great practice. And so, you know, 20-second rule or maybe here, 20-minute rule, I have no idea. But they went around with the baskets and picked up anything larger than about a quarter size. And it made 12 baskets full of leftovers. Our big idea today is celebrate the leftovers. Celebrate the leftovers. While leftovers do introduce a whole additional tension, as it did yesterday at the Big Give, we must not let the joy of the leftovers be stolen from us. What do I mean? Well, there's so much good about having leftovers. Leftovers mean you met the need. You fed everybody. How many people would be sad at Thanksgiving if the meal is over and you didn't have leftovers? Come on. That's what it's all about. you got to make turkey sandwiches, right? In our house, you have to have leftover rolls for days. We make so many rolls. These rolls are so good. And that's what you got to, like, eat following the meal or leftover why do we have my parents made this thing that my grandparents made it's this red cabbage nobody else eats it i eat it everybody else in the house pays the price a while later if you know what i'm saying but i love it leftovers something about a pumpkin pie gets better after days you know some of you are going that's sick bro uh but i'm just saying uh it's like the leftovers but yesterday even you look at those leftovers man that means we can resource more things. We can help additionally, beyond what we anticipated, leftovers. Leftovers means everyone is satisfied. The hungry were fed. And the miracle of leftovers is another miracle. Don't let the enemy of your mind or the enemy himself come and distract you and turn the leftover into a negative when really it's something to celebrate. It's something to shout and celebrate about. Leftovers are a part of the miracle. So our first thought, God loves to provide. Because not only does God provide the need factor, God provides the abundance so that we have leftovers. It doesn't take much reading to see Jesus providing over and over and over and over again in the Gospels. And if you start to read your Bible from beginning to end, you'll see moments where God provides a sacrifice, like a, a lamb instead of Abraham having to sacrifice his son. You're going, wow, that's a creepy story you just told. Uh, you have to go read it for it to make sense. But he was off, giving an offering to the Lord, and the Lord was testing him, and, and he gets all the way there to the, the moment of the sacrifice before God provides the offering. And he thought, man, he was going to have to offer his son, but luckily there was a goat there. God provided. In fact, there's this name God introduces himself as is the provider, Yahweh, in the Old Testament. And people would refer to God, our God, the provider. Well, it continues throughout time. 
God provides food for the uh, people of Israel as they're wandering in the desert. God provides resources for people. God provides things throughout the scriptures for the orphans, for the widows, for those who are poor. And he talks about how much he loves it throughout scripture. He stands up for those who need. How beautiful. How beautiful. And we get to worship Jesus. We get to experience his miraculous through provision over and over again. Ultimately, the ultimate provision, God provided a Savior in his son Jesus. And we're going to celebrate how that all came about starting next Sunday in our Advent series. I can't wait. I love the Christmas season where we just focus in on Jesus, our Savior, the ultimate gift provided to us so we no longer had to try to work our way into right relationship with God, but put our faith in Jesus alone for salvation. While we feel the reward of, of participating in the community Big Give, some had the opportunity to receive a meal as well. It's full circle, right? We get the opportunity to not only participate in the generosity of the moment, but we get to rejoice in the provision of the moment. Just like the boy in the story, he both gave and received. Isn't that interesting? Like, here's my lunch. I bet he thought he wasn't going to eat. He was giving it up, but he actually gave and then it came back to him. Because he was full too. Who knows who the baskets went to? I wonder if one of them went home with the boy. We don't see that in the story. But how cool is it to be a part of both the solution and the reward? We've been personally, our home has been in the place where we took a meal from our school one year. And while there was a part of us that was like, right? And you're like, I feel humbled. And I, man, I probably could stretch and go find the, redirect the funds here to here. We accepted that meal. And it's interesting because it's not that we should have felt bad about that. That's why the meal was there. The provision. It's one thing to be on the, the side of the, being the person who's generous, but another one is like God being humbled because God would actually provide. It moves you in multiple ways. It sends your emotions through all charts. And I just, I remember that moment and just being amazed that God would take care of us when we're in a season of want. And I love that we don't have to feel guilty when we're in a season of need, but we can almost sense a greater sense of gratefulness because God provided. Thought two, God celebrates your sacrifice. I mean, we don't have the details here in John's account but again, I told you, sometimes you just have to visualize these moments. And, you know, the disciples are huddled up. And, and they're like, how are we going to feed these guys? Man, that would take a half year's wages. Oh, I don't know. And then Andrew's like, well, there's this boy. They rip his lunch out of his hands. No, I'm just kidding. That's not how it happened. He's, I don't think. 
you know, so they, they get the lunch, they start to distribute it, and I'm wondering what the boy's doing during that. And if it's anything like the rest of the Gospels, when you read through them, I envision Jesus going from, hey, you guys, bless this food, Lord, multiply it, feed everybody here in Jesus' name, amen. Or in my name, amen, <laughs> Jesus. Anyway, uh, and so he's, he uh, took the, the meal and he told the people to feed everybody sitting down. And I'm imagining he walks over to the boy, puts his arm around him, like he would the disciples, and he would say, lift up your eyes, look. This miracle is because of your generosity. Because that's what he does, right? He teaches, he shares, like, and he goes, look at the harvest field. It's ripe for the harvest. He does that over and over again with his disciples. Hey, I just healed all these people. Look, this is what God is doing. And he had to have taken that boy. I don't know why John didn't record this and say, look. How does it feel to have God do this through you? Right? He's celebrating with the boy. This is an act of generosity. Who knows the impact that this is going to make in people's lives? Because this is the miracle they came for and you were involved. High five. Pound it. Because I'm sure Jesus was the first one that did that pound thing. Many were brainstorming how they could do what a small boy figured out to do. And that's just go all in. And anything is possible. And I look at that and I go, the, the facts before them were immeasurable and maybe only a childlike faith could think his lunch could make a difference. But it made all the difference in the world. How beautiful is that? Jesus often uses our small sacrifice to provide for great miracles. And we can't underestimate what we can do. Jesus is more into the proportion of faith and love within our sacrifice than the proportion of our sacrifice, right? Jesus doesn't need your money or resources. He wants your heart. And I want to illustrate this God celebrating the sacrifice moment in a couple ways. First, I want to read from Mark 12, 41. It says, Jesus sat down near the collection box in the temple. And watched as the crowds dropped in their money. Many rich people put in large amounts. Then a poor widow came and dropped in two small coins. Jesus called his disciples to him and said, see how he's doing it again, isn't he? He's like, hey guys, guys, check this out, right? I'm sure he did it with a boy. Anyway, verse 43, Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow is given more than all the others who are making contributions. For they gave a tiny part of their surplus, but she, poor as she is, has given everything she had to live on. Small is the new big, right? I mean, you look at this, and it's a heart factor. He was measuring her heart. He wasn't judging their offerings. He just took note of something beautiful and celebrated it with the disciples. When Open Life was 10 months old, um, we had been setting aside 10% of everything that people gave to Open Life and, and uh, to go back into the community. 
We continue to do the same today. If you give in the offering, we set aside 10% of that, and we have strategic partners that we set aside money for every month and that we send off to, and, and, uh, and then we budget for different outreaches or things that we could support in the community. And at that time, we were just kind of like, where do we give this money away, right? We've got this money we've been collecting. We've got to give it away. And so we brainstormed and called the school district, and that's when they said, well, there's a school, Liberty Ridge Elementary School, that has is, is, got a lot of needs. Maybe you should connect with them. We went to the school, and we went, and we said, what can we do for you? And we had done a turkey feeding thing before at our last church, so we're like, maybe we could provide Thanksgiving meals. We knew that maybe we could partner with a grocery store that would help lower the prices and community and make this happen. And they said, yeah, about 150 to 200 families would probably be very grateful for that. And so we said yes in that meeting, walked out of that meeting going, wow, that's a, like five to $6,000. Yes, you know. And uh, now here's where it got a little crazy. And it's a moment that, that we actually reflect back on uh, to give thanks to God for. Uh, had a meeting with the board. It was that week, if I recall. Later that week. After we made the commitment. And looked at our finances and realized beyond what was allocated to go to, to the community, we had 37 cents in the bank. Like dot three seven, nothing in front of the dot, just dot three seven. It's like, oh. So we just told a school that in the moment when we shared with the school that we were going to provide these meals, and they looked at us, and they go, man, that'd just be amazing. Like, we've had churches say they were going to do stuff for us before, and then they didn't follow through and do the stuff. And I was like, oh, shoot. They, 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 I can't go back. I can't go back and say, well, we found, guys, yeah, we found out there's only... We don't have the money as much as we thought, you know, and 37 cents. We might have to not meet anymore in the Regal Theater. You know, so we were meeting in the Regal Theater at that time, which was really expensive. So we knew we got to make a change. We got to do something. Ah, a little panic, right? Uh, we call it our 37 cent moment. And honestly, it's like I'd love to say I had the faith of that boy with the fish and the loaves. I'm like, no worries. God got this. We're just going to, he's going to multiply. But you know what this really felt like? I have a little video clip here to show you, I think. Did you get that video clip? No, didn't get the video clip. So I'll explain what it was like. Did you guys watch the Seahawks game last week? Uh, There was this moment where... uh, Richard Thomas came in and, and, and hit really hard Gronk. Did you see that moment where Gronk lost his uh, will to live and uh, punctured one of his lungs? It was that moment where uh, he was catching a pass. It looked like he was just going to get another pass. He's like, for the, pa- the Patriots, and he just, he's going to catch it and make another first down, just kind of what Brady and them do with their deflated. Anyway, so uh, he, he uh, no. Gronk was going to catch the ball, and it got batted out of his hand, and Richard Thomas comes in and just, like, hits him so hard. They both bounce all over the place, but Gronk's face in slow motion is like, I'm going to meet Jesus. And he crumbles to the ground, this huge dude and this little bullet of a guy. That's kind of what it felt like to realize that there's 37 cents in the bank, and we just told a school we were going to provide meals for him. You know, it's like no air. 
No air. But you know what's incredible? I think God let us feel that pinch point or pain point so that we could really understand the miracle he was about to do of provision. Because in the next few weeks, our church gave crazy generously. At the time, Albertsons was still open. They lowered their prices and got donations from their potato companies and roll companies, and prices dropped. And what was going to be five to $6,000 ended up only being a couple thousand. We had the money for it, and God provided. But not just in that way for the event. I was speaking a couple Sundays later. We're still staring at what's our solution long-term for this no-money-in-the-bank scenario. And uh, I was speaking at a church that had supported us when we first began and encouraged us to start a church here in the community. And, and I, I was sharing there our, what we had done in the first year because it was like you know a year since I had last been there sharing and, and how we were reaching locally and starting a new church. And I'm, I get done sharing, and I sit down in the front row of this church down in Sumner, and, I, and uh, the pastor gets up, and he's, he's got a little, a little teary eye going on, and he says, I just really feel like God just spoke to me while I was sitting there listening to Thad talk, and I think, I think we're supposed to take an offering for open life today. And he proceeds to challenge them to just consider what God would have them do and, and come forward and they have these steps at the front of their church and he's like, just place whatever you feel God's calling you to give on these steps. And just kind of as I am now, maybe a little more, I was sitting there in the front row and I just buried my face in my hands. My eyes were watering. I think it was just the hit that I just took from you know, the safety. Oh no, never. I wasn't that. It wasn't the last play. I was just like, oh my word, are you kidding me, God? Are you doing this right now? And I just began to tear up. But that wasn't the beginning of it. People were just coming and coming and coming and you're watching this offering develop right in front of me on this on these steps, and I'll never forget, right at the end, a gentleman who was homeless in the community makes his way up to the steps. And I'm losing it before he even does anything, but he reaches into all of his pockets and finds a crinkled up dollar and some change and puts it on the steps. I lost it. I was weeping, weeping like a baby, and I admit it. God provides. He comes through in moments. I mean, we can't even understand the sacrifice, and I felt just like Jesus was showing his disciples that widow's offering. It's like I witnessed something just like that in person, and we made it through that season. It wasn't easy, but we made it through that 37-cent moment And our reality today is drastically different than that. And God has been faithful through the whole season. How humble it is when God provides. What a celebration in heaven must have happened at that moment. Of obedience of a pastor, of everybody in that auditorium. Just incredible. Thought three. God satisfies needs through generosity. 
I mean, we just never really know where someone's moment is at when they receive from the generosity God inspires us to engage. That pastor had no idea where open life was financially. I didn't share, hey, and by the way, we're down to 37 cents in the bank, but everything's awesome in Bonnie Lake. Thanks, guys, for believing in us, making a difference. You know, I didn't, it was no idea. And you just look at moments like that, and you go, God, you blow my mind. And in this scene, with the boy, with Jesus, with all those that were hungry, God satisfies through the generosity of a boy. Satisfied with the generosity uh, that was provided, right? The disciples had to be as satisfied as anybody. They're the ones that got to hold the food and distribute the food and be amazed that every time they reached in a basket, there was more and there was more and it wasn't running out. There was a never-ending supply of food. Unbelievable. Satisfied with what they received from the sacrifice, that crowd came to see a miracle, and it's in their hands, their mouth, their stomach. Astonished, right? But not just then. They were satisfied through the generosity of a child. The only person in that crowd that was satisfied from being a provider and a receiver. God worked through his generosity. God satisfies needs through generosity, and the generous are satisfied. Not just that, but we could read in verse 14 what happens at the end. I mean, we're not told that everybody was in awe of the miracle until we're told there's leftovers. That's what's crazy to me. They're eating food that didn't exist, but it's the leftovers that puts them over the edge. And they're like, okay, this has to be the one we heard of. Isn't that crazy? This led them to saying Jesus was the one we're expecting. And they began to celebrate. And that's what we get to do this week. I mean, it's Thanksgiving. We get to give thanks Our action point this week is to celebrate Jesus. And we have a lot to celebrate for. We've come a long ways. We get a chance to put our faith on the line repeatedly and see God do incredible things through us. I was asked by two different individuals this week. So I just have to ask. That's how they phrase it. How big is open life? How many people here serving today are from open life? And when I would tell them, uh, 30 to 40 of the 200 volunteers here are from open life, they're like, where do all these people come from? It's become like an annual tradition for people. It's addicting. It feels so right, right? And so you're explaining that, and they're going, what? And then I'm like, yeah, there might be like any given Sunday in Bonnie Lake, about 120, and Sumner 55-ish or 50-ish or so. And you did, you're put, what? I thought you must have been thousands to be doing this. No, we just, the size of your church doesn't, make a difference to the size of your faith. 
the size of your love matters. We have a lot to celebrate. God's doing incredible things through you. Maybe you're sitting there going, man, well, I didn't do anything. Oh, you'll have opportunities. Just come back next week. Come back and take a tag off a Christmas tree. Provide for somebody who won't get a Christmas present unless we jump into their world and become present once again in a different way. God's at work. And he opens our eyes to opportunities in this community to make an impact, to make a difference. The person who you maybe carry groceries to their car to. God knew who you were going to carry the groceries to a car for. Again, remember, he knew in advance what he was about to do. And I love some of you. I know the stories of the people you carried groceries to the car to. And God put you in the path of somebody you would have compassion for and could help solve like their real life crisis beyond just the meal. Can't underestimate God. We just need to celebrate Jesus. We just need to give Him thanks for all that He provides and the opportunity we have to provide for others and never underestimate the power of leftovers in our world. He'll come into your life when you have a need for a purpose, whether you're experiencing provision or providing provision for others. God is at work. Don't let the enemy steal your celebration. I want to pray for us today that we'll keep our eyes on the positive. And, and I know some people just call me the, the crazy optimist in this world to see the positive, but there's so much out there that Jesus is up to, and he's doing it through your life. I just want you to recognize it. Just like he had to encourage that boy, man, look at what's happening through you. We get an opportunity to give big, and it makes a difference. So, God, I thank you for what you inspire us to do, even at points of need in our own lives. I look at that fall of 2010 and that report of 37 cents knocked the wind out. But that's just so that you can let us see what it is to take a fresh breath in that would change our faith and make us just have that why not spirit go all in anyway it makes a difference in who we are you shaped us through that God you've always provided for us and now you give us repeated opportunities to provide for others in our community and I give you praise for it I pray that, God, in this season of Thanksgiving, we would not look at the challenge, just the challenges that face us or our nation or our world, but we would consider all the ways we can celebrate you, Jesus, at work through us. That our minds can just literally be blown by the depth of the story, even in the leftovers. It could be the very miracle someone needs to see. Maybe you walked through the doors here today and, and you needed to see the miracle of compassion and love from people or, and, and, and Jesus. I want to pray specifically for you today. God, I pray for those who today came through the door just to explore Jesus. God, I pray right now they would 
open up their life to you, that they would choose to follow you, that they would say yes to you today, Jesus, in a way that would life, it would transform them from the inside out. It's not behavior modification, it's heart transformation. Jesus, I pray that you would come into people's world today, that they would invite you in, that they would embrace your love for them, and that this Thanksgiving would be a season of celebration for you like none other. God, send us out as those that celebrate you, give you the glory for what you do through us, and never let us miss the moments that you're doing the miracles around us. In Jesus' name, amen.